Michael is with us today, and he's a product manager for Azima DLI, a fluke reliability company. He manages hardware platforms and integrations, diagnostic software and AI tools, and user portable deliverables and business metrics. Michael's background is in Navy nuclear engineering, but he has been working in vibration for over 30 years and managing key accounts, technical support, customer training, and product management for Azima DLI since 1995. All right, audience, you're here for an introduction to automated vibration diagnostics. Michael, take it away. Great. Uh, thank you so very much. And uh, welcome to everybody uh, here today. I'm very excited to present to you um, our diagnostic solution. So as uh, Robert pointed out, uh, I have been with uh, Zima DLI since uh, 1995. I actually started as a customer uh, to uh, DLI Engineering uh, back in 1988, um, as I managed the vibration analysis program when I was in the US Navy on one of the aircraft carriers. So I do have a kind of a, kind of a, a jack of all trades uh, within uh, Zima DLI and um, most recently uh, head of the product management. So that's the hardware solution or software solution, our um, portal system or services offering. And I'll get into each one of those here as we go through today's presentation. Um, just so you're aware, if you haven't been uh, received the notification on this, we uh, Zima DLI has just recently become part of Fluke Reliability. Uh, we uh, joined uh, eMate uh, in their uh, software, CMMS uh, delivery system, and Proof Technic, uh, which people are well known for their uh, hardware alignment systems and the like. And I think this um, Zima DLI really kind of fits perfectly in with what we see uh, our customers are all are trying to achieve in their uh, reliability journey. So combining the the, the hardware capabilities of Proof Technic the delivery mechanisms with eMate, uh, we really see our ability to kind of come in, reduce downtime, increase efficiency, improve the bottom line, extend asset life cycles. Uh, how do we conserve energy? How do we get a better uh, plant operations, minimizing risk and the like? So uh, Azima DLI really kind of fits in, I think, nicely within the complete uh, portfolio of fluke reliability, uh, offering, um, capabilities to really kind of serve our connected reliability workflow. Our mission uh, for Fluke Reliability is really to simplify connected reliability solutions for the people you know, who keep the world up and running. And I think you're gonna find as we present, as I present today, uh, the Azima DLI solution, how this is really gonna fit in very nicely with this mission statement. Uh, it's really about simplifying the vibration uh, objectives for plants, how to deliver upon those results, how to ensure that we minimize uh, the amount of risk and downtime, uh, how do we get more people involved in uh, condition maintenance and reliability. And so we'll walk through the, the hardware that uses this, the software that is our really our key, our key strength uh, and our services that we offer to our customers and how we uh, handle the utilization and the efficiency that's really kind of necessary in the amount of volume of data that people are getting today from their connected systems. 
If you're not familiar with Azima DLI, uh, we have been around for uh, many years. Uh, starting back in 1966, you might hear the, the name DLI Engineering. It's part of uh, the Azima DLI. Uh, DLI Engineering really kind of pioneered a lot of the ways that we still approach vibration analysis today. It is a, a an automated diagnostic a solution that it's intended to bring uh, data to an analyst as opposed to the traditional sending your expensive analysts into the plant to understand uh, the vibration and health of machinery. So we have uh, quite a few uh, milestones that we've done throughout the years, uh, introducing our first automated diagnostic software back in the 1990. Um, in around the mid-2000s, early 2000s, uh, we um, Azima was formed and Azima DLI came along with this. What that did was transition from a, a tool for the maintenance department, which is where vibration analysis generally uh, resided, to become something that's more for management and executives to really understand uh, production risks and the output of their, their spend. Uh, are the programs successful? What are my blind spots and bad actors? This came from the integration of the services element of what we do in vibration analysis and condition monitoring. So with that, we've developed uh, portal systems, which we'll talk about a little bit today, uh, that really kind of elevates the visibility of condition monitoring to understand um, your return on investment, understand compliance metrics, um, proactive response to results, making sure that the plant is in its uh, peak operational uh, performance. In 2019, uh, we were acquired by a company called Symphony AI. Uh, the AI component of what we do is uh, centered around this his history that we have over several decades of data that we've been obtaining to understand the assets, the uh, diagnostic patterns of those assets, developing ways to uh, improve the efficiency, becoming more prescriptive in diagnostics as opposed to just identifying faults. So the AI component of what we do is based on a massive data lake that Azima DLI has maintained uh, for several decades, and I'll get into that uh, a bit uh, today as we start talking about our software capabilities. And just recently, uh, we became part of Fluke Reliability. So that brings uh, to our offering uh, a wealth of other technologies and knowledge and structure uh, and capabilities that I find, I think that all of our customers will find very, um, very satisfying. Okay, so let me just take a second and kind of give you a high level overview of what is the Watchman solution, uh, the product uh, umbrella of what we offer for uh, Zima DLI. Um, and it starts with basically uh, multiple sources of bringing data into our platform. Um, we have portable uh, data collectors, online data collectors, wireless uh, uh, sensors, and the like. And we also have the ability to ingest data. Uh, and our next steps would be to do um, our, our solution stack for our proof technic customers who have um, protected hardware. The strength of this is to have a, a single source of diagnostic information for our customers. 
in traditional programs, what we find customers uh, face are a lot of disconnected systems, uh, separated reports from an online system, uh, different diagnostic uh, outputs from the portable system, uh, mere traffic lights for a wireless sensor. And it provides a confusing level of information that doesn't have balance. And when you think about across an entire enterprise, it's hard for senior management to understand where are the risks and where's my spend going and why some programs may or may not work because it's all out of, uh, out of context. Our approach is to bring all of this diagnostic data into a single platform. So this is the basically the strength of what Azima DLI really has, um, a one of two things that I'll, I'll bring up specifically. Uh, this is our automated diagnostic, uh, trained diagnostic engine. It has 6,000 trained diagnostic rules. It has uh, over 1,200 fault conditions that the system can identify, and it covers the majority of all the assets that plants uh, have, so about 50 different component types uh, built into the system. So the, as data gets captured from a myriad of devices, that data then gets inserted into our diagnostic engine, and that creates a, an efficiency like no other. It produces a very accurate diagnostic uh, repair recommendation. It's prioritized and it makes the analyst super efficient. So it gives them a prioritized list of what they need to draw their attention to, uh, to tackle, as opposed to having traditionally to look at all the data that comes in uh, from, uh, from the plant. Uh, in today's uh, day and age, where there's more and more wireless sensors being deployed or online systems being installed, on machinery, uh, this type of cap, uh, capability is essential in order for analysts to get through that volume of data uh, that they're being um, presented. The backbone behind our diagnostic engine comes from this 100 trillion data point uh, data lake. Uh, we've been uh, capturing asset health, tagged uh, data, um, faults and trends, in order to build a, an understanding of how do we make our platform uh, more efficient, more effective, uh, more accurate uh, in, in its deployment of those diagnostics uh, that, are, that are being actionable. So this is kind of where we, where we take our, our AI capabilities uh, to develop and understand the patterns of vibration uh, to fill in the gaps where uh, are unknowns uh, for machinery, such as how many veins are on a pump, how many bars are on a motor rotor, how many teeth are on a gear. Uh, details that are necessary for the an accurate analysis of a machine. Uh, how do we establish what is normal and healthy for the diagnostic engine uh, to produce a, a result? So the key thing here is these are trained uh, diagnostic rules. You're not waiting for faults to occur for it to learn from. These have already been trained with how to recognize the various patterns that make up a vibration uh, and a fault. How we deliver this is through a portal system. So this really kind of automates the process of data coming into a system, it running autonomously through a diagnostic engine, and then outputting uh, the actions that are necessary uh, for all stakeholders within a plant. 
so this is bringing this uh, up from just a tool in the, the toolbox of the maintenance department up to the RE plant manager, senior management's visibility of where are my risks and what needs to be done. So this is all handled through a portal system. It combines it with other metrics like proactive response and blind spots to really provide a lot of visibility uh, into a plant. And there's mechanisms to bring data in or out through APIs uh, to help uh, facilitate other, other tooling that plants might have. So the second key piece that I think is very uh, paramount for our programs are our services offerings. We have a very deep bench of analysts that are uh, level two through four certified. We handle about uh, 350,000 machine tests per year. I'll talk about that a little bit as well. But it's a highly, uh, highly utilized uh, team of analysts that our customers get the benefit of utilizing. So part of our services program, you get a primary analyst, you have backup analysts, you have subject matter experts on various machine types that are all available uh, to our users uh, behind the scenes to keep the program uh, operational. Uh, and with that comes uh, program management to help executive level understand the values of their program, uh, gaps, um, uh, fines, uh, investment and the return and the like. And then, then that brings us then full circle. So this whole program runs uh, pretty um, succinctly uh, it, with a, a tremendous amount of automation in order to make the utilization of your analysts uh, and the efficiency of the program at uh, top, top notch. So a little bit about the different hardware uh, offerings that Azima uh, DLI has for our customers. Uh, these range from portable data collectors to permanently installed online systems and wireless uh, sensors. Uh, for portable data collectors, we've been providing uh, portable data collectors since 1986. Um, obviously, various versions of that over the years. Uh, this has been our latest. It's a modular system that has a Windows 10 and a Windows 11 uh, tablets, eight inch and 10 inch tablets that communicate using Bluetooth to a data processor uh, that uh, then connects through triaxial sensors to, uh, to your machinery. The intention here is really to simplify this data collector so it can be put into the hands of technicians and operators, as I mentioned before, uh, not uh, wasting the time of an expensive analyst uh, walking through a plant to capture data. The goal as a Zima DLI's model is to deliver data from uh, a data collector, a technician, uh, to an analyst geographically diverse anywhere in the world to be able to handle the program. And that could be your own analysts that you manage uh, either at a corporate level or in site by site or outsourced analysts or our, our service providers. Our online systems, these are the intention here is not necessarily a protection system. We don't advertise it as such, uh, because the expectation here is to handle the diagnostics the exact same way you would with a portable data collector, just at a tremendously higher frequency. So the data is captured uh, autonomously with an online system and then gets delivered into our diagnostic engine 
uh, to then produce a diagnostic result exactly like you would with a portable. So the balance of understanding the faults within a machine and the actions that need to be taken are the same across all of our product lines. The benefits here are uh, we have one device that is can be operated from batteries or line powered, uh, and it can also connect through a Wi-Fi, making this somewhat of a wireless uh, system, just with hardwired uh, sensors that connect in close proximity to your machinery. And this uh, latest one here, the i110, i120, this is something that supports very slow speed machine down to say five RPM. And it's really intended for your uh, critical assets, slow speed machines, hard to reach uh, assets and the like. Uh, again, they could be uh, wireless or wired to a network, uh, but these can all operate uh, locally on your, on your own uh, platform, on your premise. And then finally is a wireless sensor. We introduced our wireless sensor about three years ago. Uh, we were um, slow into the market of wireless, uh, given that the expectations of our customer for wireless was to be able to support that same diagnostic engine that our portable and our online systems also utilize. So technology finally we felt was at a point that gave us enough diagnostics uh, that we can automate it and produce the same uh, types of results uh, using our diagnostic rule base uh, to give customers those types of answers that they're expecting from a vibration analysis program. So these aren't uh, hand raisers. They don't just generate a, an alert level, though that is a, certainly a capability. Its, in its intention is really to provide this uh, actionable diagnostic result um, from the device. So this is um, the Excel 310. This is our uh, current wireless vibration sensor. It's a triaxial MEMS-based sensor uh, plus temperature. Uh, they will capture uh, diagnostic data on an hour, uh, sorry, on a, on a daily basis. It'll capture uh, scalar data on, a, on an hourly basis. It has uh, learning modes to uh, build up those alarm thresholds to understand um, at what point do you want a warning alert to be generated, at what point do you want a critical alert to be generated. Uh, and then we use those uh, values to really understand the running condition of a machine so we can trigger the data capture um, when the machine is running. We have a feature of it called Impact DMOD. It's the same uh, feature that we have for all of our product line. It is a proprietary feature that really gives us very early bearing fault detection. Uh, it is a, a key feature of what we do for all of our services programs to um, create a very uh, efficiency in how we handle the diagnostics. Uh, and that's part of our, our wireless system as well. Uh, again, it's all about the volume of data. How do you handle going from you know, a route-based system where data comes at you once a month to a permanently installed system that's capturing data at least once a day? So the efficiency of our platform, our software platform, really caters to uh, this methodology. Uh, automating when the data comes in, identifying if a machine is healthy and just passing that along. Uh, but when a fault gets identified, identifying that there's something that might be wrong with the machine and then triggering an analyst to look at that uh, to confirm the fault before any repairs get made. 
the next day when that same fault uh, occurs and you still have this need for uh, analyst intervention to confirm it, the software will automatically do this. We call this persistence logic, where it looks to see what the what the previous results were, what the previous data looks like, uh, what the previous analyst uh, recommendations uh, comments were, and then it carries that forward. It makes our analysts super efficient and be able to get uh, data turned around uh, to the customers very rapidly. Speaking of uh, uh, our services on that, is it's very low cost to add services to our wireless uh, solution. So we find that majority of all the wireless vibration uh, programs that we've launched thus far, a majority of those take advantage of our services team. And we can handle anything from coaching and setup and grooming the system to uh, priority analysis, only looking at machines that have a fault, or full analysis on everything uh, that comes in through through the platform. So it's a very flexible uh, system, and it's a just a small upcharge on our wireless uh, offering uh, to the point where a majority of our customers uh, take advantage of that. Uh, and finally, the, probably the number one question that we get uh, when we talk about uh, wireless sensors is the battery life. Uh, we guarantee a three-year battery on our sensors. Uh, we expect there to be uh, greater than that, uh, four or five years possibly on the battery, obviously depending upon a lot of, a lot of conditions. Uh, but we do guarantee this for three years. So based on our, uh, how we've designed this and how we've managed it, engineered it, uh, this is what we feel like we should offer to our customers to give them that peace of mind when they're investing uh, in a lot of devices that get mounted onto their machinery. These are sealed inside the device. I'll just bring that up because that always gets asked. Uh, they're not replaceable batteries, but in our, um, in our world that we live in today, technology is changing extremely rapidly. And I think just like you see with phones and tablets and the like, uh, the sensing technologies and the sensors after three to five years of operation, it's just more advantageous to replace the entire sensor as opposed to maintaining a, a battery replacement regimen. Uh, so this whole device is fully epoxied, giving us a better, the best resolution of data coming from the device. That was a design choice. Uh, and in such, we've decided that uh, when, the, when the battery uh, depletes, it's more advantageous for a customer just to uh, up, update the entire technology stack as opposed to just the battery. And as part of our uh, services that we do for these things, that is um, included in the offering. A little bit more detail about uh, the, the wireless, how the whole system comes together. Uh, our wireless sensors are mesh networked. Uh, they're self-adaptive, self-healing. You don't have to define it. It just identifies the best path to make it to its gateway. Uh, gateways are uh, most commonly connected to be a LAN or Ethernet, uh, Wi-Fi, uh, or cellular. Uh, and they're pre-configured to find its way to our cloud system. Uh, and then there's a whole automation sequence that happens. So once uh, uh, these uh, sensors are triggered to collect data, uh, they'll collect them, all the locations on a machine simultaneously, delivers that through the gateway into our software. Software will automatically scrub through the data and generate a result 
uh, onto the portal system. So this is where alerts and notifications can take play, actions can be assigned to various users, uh, and then the system can be validated through the next set of data that comes in. Uh, if there's services that are involved, uh, services will intercept and uh, confirm those findings. Uh, if there's a fault, it's identified, as I mentioned, and then delivers that to our portal system. A little bit about our online uh, capabilities. Uh, we have, uh, as I mentioned, there's three different varieties of our uh, permanently installed uh, acquisition devices. Uh, they have, we have range from 16 uh, multiplex channels to eight uh, simultaneous plus eight process channel devices. Um, and this intention here, as I, as I said before, is not as a protection system, but really to add a, that advanced uh, a, uh, actionable repair recommendation, uh, an understanding of the diagnostics of a machine in the place of where you do, uh, where you can't walk around and capture data with a portable device, or where the wireless sensor uh, doesn't necessarily have the same uh, technical capabilities that this permanently installed system can do. Our biggest applications here we see are things like compressors, uh, critical uh, assets, slow speed machines, uh, predominantly uh, machines that are hard to reach and the like. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, down to five RPM for our slow speed acquisition uh, using uh, the piezo sensors that are, that are available for an online system. For the online system, this again can be installed on a customer's location, uh, fully on-premise, uh, where you uh, install the hardware. There's an online engine. This engine manages the communication with the devices, the channel mapping, the execution of capturing of data, understanding if something has changed that needs to increase the, the collection frequency, whether or not something has changed that requires you to save, or if you don't, and then transmitting those results into the diagnostic software uh, expert alert. So a user can then review the data, generate reports, uh, change the machine configurations, uh, and the like. Uh, with our services that connects through our cloud, we manage the diagnostic software and then deliver those results through our portal system. <clears throat> uh, quickly about our portable uh, data collectors. <clears throat> As mentioned, it's a, a multi-part device. Uh, we expect that the acquisition part uh, to be something very stable and long-running, uh, whereas the Windows controller is something that like any tablet out there, you have a, a three or four year um, lifespan before the technology just generally uh, becomes obsolete and replacements generally occur. I'm not saying it has to happen at that point, but that's generally what we see with most technology uh, like laptops and phones and computers today. So we follow that same model, uh, providing the ability to disconnect these two components, uh, giving users a lot uh, lower cost of over overall uh, lower cost of ownership. It is um, a route-based device that again, as I mentioned before, is intended for technicians and operators to quickly get through a list of machines with an understanding of what's remaining and what's expected of them. Um, but it also has advanced capabilities for uh, troubleshooting. So your advanced analysts will still find lots of value in the trio system. 
ranging from doing uh, bump tests, uh, run-ups, run-downs, phase analysis, time synchronous averaging, uh, just pre-running uh, the device to be able to uh, troubleshoot what might be going on, uh, to advanced um, add-ons uh, that allows uh, users to uh, connect to any scope, MATLAB, any kind of modeling uh, applications to really kind of uh, do uh, way more uh, advanced uh, tests with the machine, uh, including uh, performing balancing. So these are come in an eight-inch model and a ten-inch model. It does uh, quality checks as soon as data comes in to validate uh, for that technician that they have good data before they move on to the next machine. Uh, it, like I said, this has been around in the market for some time with a lot of great experience uh, out there. Again, it can operate fully on-premise, uh, even self-contained, uh, doing all the setup and analysis directly on the tablet if desired, uh, or it can connect uh, through a desktop uh, software such as StandAlert or ExpertAlert for uh, an in-house program, or it can connect through our services. So adding a communication layer that synchronizes to our cloud uh, and the expert alert software that our analysts would use in delivering those results again to our portal system. When it comes to the software, I've thrown out a couple of different terms. Let me just take a, a couple of minutes to uh, to kind of kind of explain those in a little bit more detail. There's effectively three terms that I've mentioned. One is the expert automated diagnostic system. Uh, then I mentioned standard alert, and I've mentioned expert alert. So the expert automated diagnostic system is a uh, our rules engine. So what this does is it takes data, it runs it through a those diagnostic templates, and it spits out a, a result. So there's a diagnostic output that comes out of it. It uses those 6,000 diagnostic rules, the 1,200 faults. Uh, for those 50 machine component types. And it's intended that I, I have a, a system that I just want to feed data into and I want to get a result out of it. We have lots of different places where we have this type of application uh, in place uh, that gives somebody a, a good starting point for what might be going wrong uh, with machine. It's not necessarily intended to be the final result on what needs to be done. It's based on uh, the knowledge that we have from our asset data lake uh, and a lot of history, uh, but you would certainly want an analyst to look at data before um, any kind of major repairs are accomplished. <clears throat> the second thing we mentioned is standard alert, uh, and standard alert is uh, allows you to build the uh, the baseline, the the uh, information that defines. The, the machine train uh, for analysis. It gives you a, an analyst this ability to manually look at data very rapidly and comparing it to what's considered to be normal and healthy. It comes with the user interface to be able to generate uh, machine information, look at data, manipulate the data, uh, build an average baseline representation of normal and healthy, <clears throat> and write reports. What it doesn't do is this automated diagnostics. This can be added on as an option. So you can start out with uh, this standard alert at a low entry cost, uh, getting a program up and running, building out your machines. 
And then you can manage this um, add-on feature as necessary uh, to execute the diagnostic engine. So to get you that value of, here, just tell me what the, what the answer is and what needs to be done on the machine as that starting point. Very flexible, easy to move this around. It's a license that can be managed by our customers to uh, provide it to the few users that need it, as opposed to requiring software, advanced software uh, for all of your users. So it's a very flexible deployment in these two options. And this is uh, traditionally where we look at uh, the uh, on-premise solutions where customers are doing their own analysis. Effectively, if you add these two things together, uh, so standard alert application, plus then the automated diagnostic engine, that creates expert alert. Uh, expert alert is our cloud application. Uh, and with our services, that adds a tremendous amount of power for our customers. So up in the cloud, our customers get access to expert alert. Uh, with our services, they get access to uh, the AI tooling that gives persistence and confidence and um, automated uh, fault condition baselining uh, and tags and the like. So this is the, the three applications that we'll talk about. We will generally always uh, refer to expert alert in, in our software when you see it through our slides, uh, as that's our, our premium application. Uh, generally, uh, people ask, uh, so what are those uh, 50 component types uh, and where can you generally operate? Um, basically, it's majority of common machines in, in plants, motors, pumps, fan compressors, generators, purifiers, gears, and the like. It's a pretty extensive list of the most common uh, machines that are out there. It is something that we build and we, we maintain. So we are the developers of our diagnostic engine uh, and we manage that. So as new uh, machine types come along or component types come along, uh, we then can adapt and build those. So good examples of this is 10 years ago, uh, magnetic couplings, fluid couplings were not as common. Now they are. And so they are rules that exist uh, in our system. So as new technology emerges, new component types are becoming uh, necessary. It's, um, it is possible for us to, um, to adapt and, and cater to our customers' needs. This is generally the output that uh, comes from our diagnostic system. It is uh, identifying the peaks that deviate from what is normal and healthy. We do not use uh, band alarms. We do not use ISO uh, overall levels. What we use is actual machine data to identify what is a normal and healthy criteria for those machines. And then we compare every, every deviation from that. So everything that exceeds the, uh, that baseline criteria gets identified, and our software uses then uh, logical pattern recognition to identify how that uh, each peak relates to other peaks in the same orthogonal axes across the three axes, from the lower frequencies to high frequencies, and across the entire machine train. So it's very much the same human type approach of how do all of the peaks relate and how the how does that translate into a fault? So a fault gets identified, and then based on the exceedances of the uh, statistical average baseline, 
based on the types of patterns, harmonics and sidebands, noise floors, it will define then the severity of that fault. So there's five levels of severity, ranging from a marker for an analyst uh, to something emerging that you should start planning, ordering parts, uh, to priority actions, things that you might have weeks to months or days to weeks to take action before uh, the machine uh, propagates and escalates. The fault gets translated into an actionable repair. And it uses a lot of logic here to understand what is the, what is the logical human action in order to correct the issue. So it will take a myriad of faults that are identified and convert that into what needs to be done. Plain language, uh, repair recommendation that has a priority to that repair. How urgent is it, is it to uh, take that action? It uh, certainly is intended for us to get through volumes of data. That normalizes the data that comes in, it uh, compares that uh, each time it comes in, and it can do that very rapidly, uh, as much data as you want to pump through the system. So for online systems, for wireless systems, it really handles this uh, volume of data expectation to only deliver what's necessary for an analyst to see when it's necessary. Uh, and based on all this information, you can generate all kinds of metrics uh, to kind of understand uh, what kind of faults you're having, the frequency of those faults and the like. The output that we generally provide to our customers uh, includes that, that fault that we've identified and the severity of it, the action and the priority. But you can also uh, assign those actions to a user uh, through an alerting system. So being able to then say, hey, this is something that needs to be worked on. It needs to be worked on by this person. It needs to be worked on urgently. Uh, and then all of the other capture that goes along with it to uh, create better metrics. Um, these data points of how long did it take from identifying the fault to assigning the user, so how proactive the user is. Uh, when does a repair get uh, completed? So the duration, how long machines are down for. Uh, was the findings accurate for the diagnostics? What were the root causes? Uh, what was the impact to production, the financial impact? All of these things can be captured within the system to generate uh, metrics at that management level to prove out the, why you're using this program to begin with. Analysts get involved as necessary. They add their commentary to provide a value add for what is um, being found through uh, the holistically through a lot of other inputs uh, to try to help steer the course as necessary. And these diagnostic results get presented with two things that help uh, users understand what their next steps are, uh, ranging from uh, a confidence uh, score. So how confident are we on this fault being accurate? Uh, and a lot of inputs go into uh, uh, presenting this as, a, as the confidence or why it might be low. And it'll present why uh, and what needs to be done to improve upon the confidence. And one of those might be how complete the setup is. So not having enough representation of the normal and healthy or missing certain component frequencies that give you a low score. So every time an analyst runs through the program, this kind of information is presented. They will try to fill in those gaps as necessary. But the goal here is to have a user understand when they receive the diagnostics, they're not versed in vibration, how do they interpret it and what do they need to do next? 
Okay, the last thing I'll uh, cover is uh, a bit about our services offering. Uh, as you saw in, in one of the first slides, uh, we indicate that we do about 350,000 machine tests per year uh, from our services group. Uh, that was uh, 2022 numbers. We're sitting about 450, I believe, now. Uh, and the majority of this data uh, gets automated. So data that comes in and data that has to get uh, reviewed. Uh, we do have a lot of contracts that require us to look at all data. So we see this number is a little bit more, uh, is higher than what would be uh, traditional for a program. But the goal here is to be able to do, use as much automation as possible. So the takeaway here is that about 86% on the average of our machine tests that come in through our vibration programs to be handled by automation. So it creates a very highly uh, efficient utilization of our, of our analysts to be able to manage this type of volume at scale. We have about 30 analysts covering those 50,000 machine tests. Uh, we have 500 years of combined expertise in a variety of, of um, industries. Um, and we provide those kind of results with uh, the confidence factor that I mentioned that feeds into your uh, your business metrics. Uh, we have it, and we highly track the accuracy of our system, um, being highly keen on false positive and false negatives. Uh, and though even though we list a less than four percent false positive rate, um, those generally are intercepted. So a analyst will identify that there's a, a fault and intercept it. If we downgrade that fault, uh, we count that as a false positive. But what our customers generally see is the corrected uh, output. So analysts um, get involved, customers see accurately what needs to be done. So if we're going to fail in our software, we fail on the positive side as opposed to missing a fault. Uh, we never want to fail on the false negative. So if anything, our, our system will identify something and maybe would overstate it say something might be more serious than it is or slightly different uh, than what's being presented. But all in all, a very highly accurate system that can handle uh, at scale. So speaking of scale, um, this is an industry standard of when data comes in, if you're doing traditional analysis, so looking at the data and trying to find a, a fault and generate a report, uh, the average utilization rate of uh, an analyst per day is about 25 machine tests. So this is what um, kind of the benchmark is for traditional programs. Uh, this is our expert alert. So this is our automated diagnostic system, building a statistical average baseline, uh, generating a template for the machine's internal design, uh, using the rules and giving you a, a, uh, a diagnostic result. And our analysts using this platform about double the utilization rate uh, as traditional. And this is very much our, our, our benchmark for the last uh, several years. Until uh, most recently, last few years, uh, where we've introduced for our analysts our uh, vibration AI type of engine to build this grooming uh, uh, model for uh, defining what is normal and healthy, filling in the gaps of faults, uh, and then certifying those rules and templates. Uh, we have a, a, um, 
a workflow management tool that intercepts and keeps uh, our analyst uh, aware of what needs to be done and the timeline in order to do it, uh, presenting again those confidence scores and diagnostics using persistence logic and the like as I've talked about. And this is our current metric. So about five times the, the uh, benchmark uh, average for utilization. Just to wrap this part up, um, our system does rely heavily on uh, ensuring that we have good, proper setup. So understanding the configuration of the assets, knowing that we have um, the right details, the, the right uh, installation, uh, and we've spent the time to train that system uh, correctly. So there's a, quite a bit that we do on the front end of our system in order to get this automation and the accuracy of, of this program at full scale. So for our systems, we will uh, rely heavily on uh, the front, the upfront work uh, to uh, get this set up. And then once that is done, we have very much automation and being able to deliver those results in a way that our customers are expecting them. So that brings me uh, to the end. So this is our, uh, our system as I've talked through from a variety of data sources, uh, leveraging assets and the knowledge in order to build upon our system uh, to increase the effectiveness, the efficiency and the like. Uh, we have a lot of tools in order to do that. It feeds into our automated diagnostic engine that's backed by this massive data lake for uh, efficiency and accuracy. And it's delivered to our customers uh, with or without services uh, through a portal system so more people are involved in what's going on. And there we are. So um, I'm Robin, ready for questions. Have any? Uh, quite a few, actually. <laughs> so uh, let's get started. We'll try to get through as many as we can in the 12 minutes we have left. So let me go ahead and just get started. The first question that, that I have is, is the wireless solution capable for VFD motors? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. And um, thank you for letting me know we have a lot of them there. We have 12 minutes remaining, so we'll get through as many as we can. If we don't get to your question, we will certainly answer them uh, afterwards. Um, VFDs, yeah, so VFDs have always been a challenge with wireless devices because of the autonomous autonomy of them. Our system does uh, order normalization. So when you put on, when you capture the data, it wants to compare it to that statistical average baseline of what's normal and healthy. So it will align that data. It'll normalize it, uh, order normalize that data to do that comparison. It's good to about 35% of what you set as nominal. If I tell the machine it normally runs at 1650, it will sweep within about 35% to identify all the peaks to ensure that they align. So not just the running speed, but any fundamental forcing frequency, so about 35%. What it doesn't like is things that are changing or hunting during that capture. So you want that machine stable during the entire process. All right. Um, does the mesh network have an impact on battery life? given one sensor is acting as a hopping repeater to the gateway. Yeah, it, it does. So when you build out a wireless mesh, the wireless program, it will self-adapt and it tries to find its best path 
um, and then you'll we can see, view it on a topology map to see how everything is connecting. Uh, in the back end of our system, we're monitoring that pretty closely for our customers to make it suggestions that you might need another gateway to split that out. Because you're right, if you have uh, 20, 30 sensors that all feed through one, that one sensor is carrying all the payload of all the others. And so it has to be on much, much longer in order to communicate. So it will have a impact on that battery. Um, we do have a lot of you know, engineering calculations that we've made to try to figure out what that impact is uh, and try to help steer the customer into how to, how to build the system a little bit um, more efficient in, in that regard. But great question. All right. Can these sensors be set up in eMate to auto-create work orders and notify the maintenance employees? We, um, we have APIs uh, for our system. Uh, from my, the product management hat, uh, I, if I put on, there's, um, there's a vision for how we're going to integrate uh, Proof Technic, eMate, and Azima uh, for meet our customers' expectations. So we have the backbone of being able to integrate in, but we still have some development to do to make it really seamless for customers who have eMate. But they are, our vision is to be able to support that as you, as you ask. All right, thank you, Michael. The next question I have, what is the maximum temperature for the wireless sensors and for the portable devices? Do we have ATEX devices? Um, I'd have to reference the spec. I hate giving specs without looking up a number off the top of my head. Uh, it is generally really good. I, I'm going to do it off the top of my head. I think it's 80 C is the max, negative 20 C or the minimum, but we should certainly look at the spec on uh, before quoting me on that. Uh, what was the second part of the question, Robin? I'm sorry. Second part of the question was, for the portable devices, do we have ATEX devices? Okay, so uh, ATEX um, we only have in the wireless sensor is ATEX. Uh, the gateway is not, the wireless sensor is, but you can use a mesh to add relay nodes to bridge those two. For our portable device, the TRIO is North American HasLock rated, class one div two North American, but it doesn't carry an, a, an EX rating on it. The controller does, the sensor does, but the data processor part does not. All right. What is the three-year cost for 10 sensors? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Um, there's a lot of variables in here, so it would be uh, something that I certainly would like to have a conversation on and, and give you a better answer than me. All right. We'll make sure you, we'll make sure you get these questions and the asker information also. Sure. Let's right. see. Is the software only available available on cloud-based platform? No, no, no. We support both an on-premise solution and cloud-based. So if a customer wants to do their own program, uh, you can totally do that. You don't need our services if you don't want them. Uh, the only thing that requires the cloud is our wireless sensors. So those are managed, all the infrastructure, the, the AI tooling and the like, it's all part of a cloud system. So, but the online system, the TRIO system, Expert Alert, sorry, Standard Alert with the ADS, 
uh, all of that is available on premise. All right, let's see. We'll try to get through these. They're still coming in. Uh, does the Watchman portal allow for customers to review the collected vibration data and conduct analysis? You can view the data uh, in the portal uh, today. That's uh, the use model. So I'm a non-analyst that wants to just confirm that the data looks right before I assign an action or believe that the fault is true. Uh, it does not have the kind of markers and tooling that an analyst would typically use. So that's available in the expert alert software. The portal is intended at a higher level within an organization, not, not an analyst, as built today. Right. Um, let's see. What is the optimal battery performance in wet and humid environments? Uh, for the wireless sensor, the what's optimal to maintain the battery? Um, well, it's IP67 or 68 rated, again, it's a spec uh, on the wireless sensor. So wet and humid shouldn't factor in on, on the device. The battery would be effectively the same. The battery is impacted by extreme cold and extreme heat, like all batteries do. Uh, and we do have you know, calculations if we want to try to figure out what that might mean in your plant, um, but not necessarily wet and humid. All right. Um, what verticals has Azima DLI been in? Um, well, we have been around since 66, so we've been in a lot of, lot of verticals. Um, and it, most plants have very common types of machinery, uh, pumps, motors, compressors, fans, and the like. So uh, we are in food and beverage predominantly. We're in aerospace. We're in uh, mining, uh, minerals and mining, um, yeah, paper, metal plants, uh, utilities, a lot of utilities. Um, Refineries, production, uh, you know, automotive. So we're kind of all over the map in as far as where we support uh, our various customers. Well, not a question to be answered today, but one for thought in the future, since I know that we have several um, uh, presentations planned for 2024, and it links directly to the question that was just at. And there were two questions that directly asked: Can you provide case studies to be reviewed? So sure. keep those top of mind for, for some of those uh, events that are planned for 2024. Great. Uh, next question is, what type of training does Azima offer for our analysts so that they can run the program? Uh, yeah, great uh, question. Um, there's, so just to level this up one bit, is our diagnostic software is a, an advanced software application. So I'm glad the question was asked about training. You shouldn't jump into it blind. Uh, even if you are an analyst and you've used other softwares to do analysis, the key thing that we offer is that diagnostic engine. How do we create the, the rules, the, the templates to use that diagnostic rule-based engine? Uh, so how do, we, how do we use the software to make me efficient in getting automated results? So that's different than how do I 
open the software and look at a spectrum or a waveform. So uh, it's good that you're asking about uh, training uh, because it's certainly uh, our most successful customers have always had um, training either uh, at least once, a lot of them do recurring training. We do offer that. Um, On-site is probably the best to get you set up uh, and installed using your own application if you're going forward with this. Um, we also have our coaching. So we do a lot of times we will start out the program. So we build the machines, we operate the software to get it set up in its initial form. And then it's easier to just kind of fine tune it or tweak it uh, once you take possession of it, when your analysts are up to speed. Uh, and that gives you probably the fastest path forward. So you can transition pretty quickly. Our services would get you up to speed as you start going through a training process and then take it over. Uh, through COVID, we did a lot of on online training classes where we just did a whole series of, here, let's teach you how to use it. But um, the in-person one on site is probably by far the best. All right. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for your time and for answering all these questions. And for our audience, I know we did not get to all your questions, but we are out of time. So thank you so much for your participation today.